Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of History of the MCU, the podcast that covers anything and everything MCU related. I am one of your hosts, Jake, but you probably know me as Lord Anarchy or Lord of Thunder. I am the Blood Wraith, Queen of the Seven Hells, Mother of Demons, Jennifer Elise. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> Spoiler warning, this is a rewatch podcast, so we will potentially be talking about any of the MCU movies, one-shots, TV shows, tie-in comics, and this week we will be covering the third episode of WandaVision. Once again, we just want to say thank you so much for the support that we've been getting, the metrics that we've seen uh, over, what, the past... I think we're at two weeks live now. We released the first episode on the 12th. So actually Tuesday is is two weeks. Um, what we've seen in, in two weeks is is not even two weeks is crazy. So we just really appreciate all the support. Y'all just spending a couple hours out of your week to just sit and listen to us. That's It's kind of mind blowing to me, but we, me and Jenny really enjoyed doing the recording. So it's great that we've got some people that enjoy listening to us as well. Yeah, thank you. Like I said last week, if you have questions or want to talk to us, uh, send us a DM or an email at history of the MCU on Twitter, history of the MCU at gmail.com. Tried to do a watch party this week in the discord. It was a resounding failure. <clears throat> I had to work late that night. So that kind of took me out of the running. We didn't decide on a time until like Wednesday night or Thursday morning. So this week we're going to go ahead and we're actually going to try to do it, do it again in Discord. So Thursday the 26th, we're going to watch all three episodes of WandaVision in Discord. We will start at 7.15 with Film Before a Live Studio Audience. And yeah, we did get names for the episodes. I'm so excited. Woo. And then at 8 o'clock, we'll watch Don't Touch That Dial. And then at 8.45, we will watch Now in Color. So during quarantine on Saturday nights, we're going to start doing some watch parties in the Discord. We'll do the first one this Saturday, January 30th. I was thinking about Knives Out since it's got Chris Evans in that and he plays a douchebag instead of like a good guy. And I love it. So unless you have any objections, I think that may be what we go ahead and do this Saturday. I love that. I haven't seen it yet. So I'm super Oh, yay. Yeah. yeah. It's really, it's, it's really, really good. Um, I've been meaning to. Murder mystery. I mean, I wanted to see it when it was in theaters, but I honestly don't go to the movies a whole lot if they're not MCU movies yeah, or DC movies. Um, I don't particularly care for people uh, even before the pandemic. So I prefer to stay home and watch my movies. Um, I don't want the theater industry to like die out by any means. All right. And then in the coming months, we're going to also going to have the Patreon coming out. Uh, like I said, it'll be extra content. The best way to stay tuned in with all of that is to make sure you join us over on Discord or follow us on Twitter at History of the MCU. So this week with the episode, we're going to try and work in a little bit more structure. Uh, we're going to like briefly discuss the episode and yeah, then yeah. It, <laughs> and then Jenny and I will jump into our thoughts about what's going on just so that there's a little more. Uh, like I said, just structure to it. And it's a little bit easier for everyone to follow. And then if you don't want to hear us talk about the episode and just want to hear about our theories, eh, you can skip through a whole bunch of it and know you won't miss the theories. <laughs> of course, we're going to have some reactions here and there. But yep. Yep. Pointing out Easter eggs and stuff. Try our best to save all the theories and stuff till the end. I, I think we've got a good thing going here with our little note structure. Yeah. Because the, the thing with the theories is, is, when you start talking about theories, you have to expand on yes. different points at times. And that gets in the way of talking about the individual scenes of the actual episode of WandaVision. So it. rather than, ex 
Yes. So rather than expand on the theories while we're talking about the episode, you'll hear us say we're going to talk about this in a little while, a whole lot this episode. But I promise we're going to talk about this in a little while. Yeah. So like I said, just a second ago, it's awesome that we got all we got names for all three of the episodes. Episode one was filmed before a live studio audience. Episode two is called Don't Touch That Dial. And episode three that we're discussing today is called Now in Color. I think those episode names are pretty straightforward. I don't know if we really need to dig into them a whole lot. Do you have any, any have crazy thoughts, thoughts about so, them? Of course, they okay. allude to the sitcom style from the time and things like that. But I also feel like they have to do with what's going on in the episode itself. So film before a live studio audience. This one, I'm having a little more trouble extrapolating on the fly right now. I think but, I, I think I got you. But they're trying to live they're, studio they're audience. Display, like, they're trying to blend in. Don't touch that dial. We have the radio incident that's pretty poignant yep. about halfway through the episode. And then now in color, as we will discuss at the end of our synopsis, we will talk about how important color is in this episode and what that might symbolize for what's going yep. on or how they might be throwing us off. And hearing you talk about it, I think I got you on the first episode. It's filmed in front of a live studio audience because we find out that Shield is, or not Shield, Sword is right. watching it. And it the- also, I, I suppose it also just introduces the sitcom layout so that it could just be as much. Yeah, as- that's fair too. But yeah, I do have some thoughts on the title. So I like that we have them now. Yes, definitely. And it looks like we're going to get them sooner each week because the third one came out almost 12 or 14 hours, I think, after the episode released, whereas the first two episode names didn't come out till like the middle of the week. So it's nice that we'll get them a little bit earlier. And before we jump into the intro for Now in Color, we wanted to take a little moment to talk about what we think might be coming for the rest of the potential sitcom yeah, introduction. the only theory that you're going to get pre-synopsis. Yes, yes. But it, it makes sense because it just it's it's just slides right in here with the with the other intro. So we're probably getting the 80s next week. And I think we're probably going to get like a full house type intro. The kids will be growing a little bit. The intro theme song sets the tone for the episode theme, right? So we're going to be yes. seeing a full house yes. theme through the episode is what we're predicting. Okay. Just to be clear. Yep. The 90s, we have a few options, but Jenny had some interesting ideas. So you so go ahead and roll So one of my first one. thoughts for one of the really popular ones in the 90s, outside of Full House, because Full House did stop running in 95. Run so in the I'm, 90s. I'm not sure yep. if they'll maybe yes. even blend in the same. Yeah, it could be. We could. The 90s, potentially. Yep. But I thought if there is a 90s episode or a 90s theme at some point, Home Improvement might be a big front runner for me. Yeah. And the neighbors are a big part. You know, we got Wilson next door and things like that. I don't know. And we've got and we've yeah. got Herb or next Rob, door. So there are some parallels like there. We never see Wilson. See. Things like that. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. Oh, I don't know. Oh. Just thinking also heads up y'all i usually don't record stoned but jenny's not feeling super hot today so be ready for that i'll probably have to cut out a lot of shit anyway home improvement married with children maybe that was a big big one that was 90s right yeah and then yes i also was a child of the 90s i couldn't not think of things like clarissa explains it all and some of the other mjh properties sabrina perhaps, if especially the shift is to focus more on the kids at some point. So I'm 
very interested to see yep. what we have moving forward yep. in that regard. In an interview, I'm not sure if it was Bettany or Olsen, but I believe it was one of those two. They said there were definitely some Malcolm in the Middle influences in an episode. So, yeah, the 2000s episode will probably have something uh, a Malcolm in the Middle themed kind of uh, intro. That would probably be something for the 2000s. And then I think I talked about this in the second episode. I really, really want a Modern Family themed intro. And I think we'll get that for the 2010 sitcom era. We've definitely seen the Modern Family mockumentary style used in a trailer where we've seen Wanda and she's like, y'all can't see my face, but I'm making the crazy big eyes. And she's like, everything's fine. We're okay. And it looks like that's probably the episode where she takes off in flight in like the hoodie and, and sweatpants. I have set myself up for disappointment if we don't get a Modern Family episode intro because I am really, really expecting that at this point. So that better happen. <laughs> but yeah, that I think that the 2010s will probably be the last sitcom episode that we get, which will probably run us through episode seven. And then eight and nine will probably be full on crazy multiverse shenanigans. So I don't know what kind of intros we'll get for the last two episodes, but I don't particularly think that they'll be like sitcom themed. Now let's go ahead and just jump into now in color. The intro starts out with a whole lot of hexagons and we've seen hexagons all throughout the three episodes of WandaVision. They've got the Brady Bunch theme, which is real cool. But instead of using the squares like they do on Brady Bunch, they're using hexagon. Also had some Mary Tyler Moore vibes. Uh, they were showing Wanda in the city. That my brother texted me and he said that was. I think he said the third one was his favorite intro. I'm still personally bewitched is number one, and then the now in color intro, and then the the first intro. But the bewitched one, like I said, unless we get a modern family one, I don't think that they're gonna top. I think this is my favorite so far, but I was just so mesmerized by Wanda yeah. through this whole episode that that probably has mm -hmm. something to do with it. Sir yeah, Bean looks. Red hair with her eyes. So did, just yes. Absolutely enchanting. Yes. She is a witch indeed. Yo, Monica was servant. Monica, Eight. Serving. Yo. The blue eyeshadow. That at the end with the afro. Yes. Serving. Just all through oh. all throughout the episode. So yeah, that was that was definitely one of the things that I really liked about the intro was just the the cuts throughout town and seeing even even Paul Bettany a vision in his different outfits. It was that was real fun to in this yeah. intro. I did We have some thoughts on stuff in the intro, but again, we're gonna try yes. to keep that to the end of the episode. Right. Well, no. Do you just want to? We let's have just these couple of things. The, yes. And so, again, like I said, definitely the Brady Bunch theme. But instead of the squares, we had the hexagon. The hexagon is a six sided shape. Is that a devil reference? Shout out to one of our homies in the discord. Uh, Captain Steve Barnes on Twitter. We'll make sure to link them in the show notes. I will actually do show notes for this episode. They haven't been completed for the other ones. I've had a yeah, hectic, Jake hectic works his ass off at multiple jobs and stuff. So he gets shit done. Yeah, you know, got to got to collect these coins, got to get the bag, as the kids say. I also had a thought on the hexagons that Wanda's magic is described in the comics, at least as hex magic. So I wonder if it could just be referring to her magic in some way. Definitely. I think that makes sense, too. We had another friend in Discord point out something from Far From Home. In the post credit scene, when Fury shows up and he's on the ship with all the scrolls, if you look at the screen immediately to the left of Nick Fury, when he shows up on screen, there's a hexagon uh, on that screen. 
That could mean absolutely nothing. It could mean something. There's definitely potential for Wanda to show up in Spider-Man 3. So it may be something. It may be that we are just again. It's Sunday. You're dumping them out for Jesus. I also am slightly stoned. I feel like touching myself right now. I'm proud of Yes. King shit. (laughs) anytime anyone posts a photo of like daddy cap or the other best chris (laughs) chloe we have a we have another emoji for you to make this one is going to be an all-timer if i did that we'd have to keep Uh, but yeah top tier patreon sorry guys But there's there's potential that the hexagon that we see in Far From Home could have something to do with WandaVision because John Watts is directing Spider-Man 3 as well. And they definitely could have talked to each other about the hexagon thing. Or it could just be that we are digging into something way too far again for absolutely no reason because this show breeds paranoia. But shout out to Homo Fabuloso on Twitter. We'll make sure to link them to. But that was something that was brought up on Discord that I thought was pretty interesting to go along with the hexagons. And in one of those hexagons, we cut to Wanda reading a magazine. I was looking at it. The magazine is called Glamorous, which, of course, reference to Glamour. Shout out. Love that. And a woman in a low-cut red outfit. What do you know? There she is. And on the back cover, I couldn't be sure, but it looks like their red car that's in the driveway. Mm, And I have thoughts on this kind of stuff that we will talk about at the end of the episode. But that's why I made a note. A couple of other background things I noticed as we cut through. I was wondering why Vision's making a million burgers when he can't eat any. Yeah, we saw what happened when he ingests something. So I don't understand why he's making that many hamburgers. There aren't any kids to right. come to the cookout yet. It's it's cute and it's fun. Yes, yes. Just like him building the swing set is really fun, yeah. but it breaks. because right. The movie theater marquee says something it looked like it said something about great and powerful. And that was behind Vision yep. when he is walking with the book, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, are you talking about the pregnancy book that looks like it has a devil on the front of it? I sure am. That does not seem like the best pregnancy book to be reading from. I have some thoughts about how Wanda may have created the kids, but that's something that we will again, again talk about later. noted. Red book with something devilish yes, on the definitely. front, perhaps. There's also, I read something in an article or two, we'll, we'll pull it up for show notes, about Wentworth's department store, where they bought the crib, etc. in the intro here. Could be a reference to a villain in the MCU, but it doesn't seem like this villain is prominent enough, and it might just be a fun Easter egg, which is what I'm thinking about it. Something to maybe try to throw people off. So my biggest takeaway from the intro is Wanda and Vision are out about town shopping for a baby. It's very clear that Wanda is pregnant and they're shopping with Agnes. They run into the neighbors. But then when the episode starts, Vision explicitly asked the doctor to keep the pregnancy under wraps. So I don't understand if the intros are things that actually happen, which it appears that it does, because when we pick up with Wanda and Vision after the doctor leaves, they're building the crib and stuff. So does the intro stuff actually happen? And if it does, why are y'all so open with the pregnancy then and then trying to hide it from everyone else later? And as you mentioned, we see Agnes shopping with Wanda. She's wearing that cameo pin again. Noted. The intro ends and we got the first scene with the doctor. And to open things up, 
I am completely obsessed with the old sitcom comedy that they do, the slapstick stuff. Vision constantly <laughs> almost giving himself away He's and so wanting having strong. to stop him. Just the chemistry between Olsen and Bettany is so good. I love it. When Vision said it was quite suddenly, practically over overnight. I mean, how does it how did this happen? And the doctor is just like, Well, when a man and a woman love each other very much, that's just it's it's so corny. It's dad joke humor. And I I love, love me some dad jokes. And the not so subtle misogyny. The misogyny is presented with the doctor throughout the episode, but it is fitting in this 1970s sitcom world that we're currently in right now. Misogyny was rampant at that time. Even, yeah, gender roles suck. I tweeted that before. Gender roles are stupid, send tweets. Yeah, but it's fun that they riff on it and that a lot of it is ridiculous. Wanda then makes a comment uh, about pink or blue. I just want to point out that again, colors are really important this episode. The doctor mentions that she's four months pregnant. That's something I think I said at the end of the third episode. Yes, so all right. I love that Vision <laughs> calls out the doctor. I have nerves of steel, so your theory is ruined. He gets very defensive when someone says anything along the lines of him being a synthoid. He freaks out about it. It's like, no, 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 I'm human. So it's and then just Betty's delivery. I, I think I'll say this 700 times before we're done with WandaVision. He is fantastic in this. I, I really enjoy the live audience aspect of the show even though it is very off-putting at times when they laugh at things that we as the audience know should not be laughed at but i love that it's smattered throughout the episode when the doctor gets ready to leave and he's outside and he was like i'm gonna take a trip and i was just like no you're not no one leaves sitcom reality and then you have an interesting note here about where they were going he mentioned bermuda Funny, because a lot of people seem to get trapped in an area of Bermuda as well. Oh, the Bermuda fucking triangle. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's sus. I think that's just one of those subconscious things that the neighbors are calling out in subtle ways what is going on without explicitly saying. But this is the most explicit it's been thus far throughout the episode. I was about to say, I think we see that run throughout the episode. For sure. Vision can definitely tell that there's something wrong with Wanda's pregnancy and then ask the doctor to keep it quiet, which I again think is weird because... Y'all were just running around town buying baby stuff everywhere, and now you want to keep it quiet. This is also where we see Herb sawing the cement wall, which is just weird. But it also seems that whenever Wanda or Vision point out that something's going on with the reality, something in the reality falters. Yeah. So we're going to talk some more about Herb and what that saw could be representing, but we'll we'll get into that more later. The way that he shorts out is really strange. And we're talking about the doctor being a little more sentient, a little more cognizant than maybe we've seen the folks previously outside of our couple all-stars. Same thing with Herb right now. Even though he's sk- doing the skip on the record thing, it almost seems like he's aware of that. He's almost waiting for the moment to pass, like staring down Vision playing chicken. It's very strange. Yes. The fact that Vision is out here by himself and recognizes that there is something wrong with the reality I think this supports the idea that Vision has actually been completely reincarnated and he's not just a projection Wanda is making within the reality. How Vision came back, we'll talk a little bit about that later, but I honestly still have no idea. 
I, I don't understand no. the rules to this pregnancy. Like, Vision went outside for, like, two or three minutes, and he came back inside, and she went from, like, four months to five months. We will talk about some thoughts we have about that later, but I, I but just, I don't know. And lingering react. We don't know. They get into the nursery. She and Vision are putting it together. She's using magic, eating a bowl of <gasps> orange slices, more fruit. What do you know? You said she seems more adept with her magic skills. Yeah, she seems pretty together here. Yeah, she... For a moment. She definitely seems to have more control over her magic. When we saw her in the kitchen trying to do multiple things at once, uh, she kind of seemed to be freaking out with that. Granted, she was in a higher pressure situation, but now in the nursery, she's putting together the crib and doing multiple other things while she's using her magic. So it seems like she's getting some more control over using her magic for just like everyday things, which I think will definitely lead into her being much, much more in control when we see her in I some also fight scenes. Wonder, I wonder if the pregnancy is making her more powerful. I have seen a couple of times on Twitter that perhaps some of Wanda's magic going crazy is not her actually being in pain, but is instead the unborn, one of the unborn babies that potentially has her power set doing Ooh, things from the womb. Fun. There's definitely some potential that's for cool. that I like to that. be the case. Back to the scene, mm -hmm. purple and blue paint. Yes. Again, we'll talk about colors here in a little bit, but I do think that that color choice was intentional. Vision's sitting in the chair and is worried about Wanda's pregnancy, and I'm pretty sure that that makes Jenny's uterus make that noise. <gasps> yeah, that, that one. I thought that was really super cute. And then Wanda gets, ooh, a weird sensation, and she's got the first baby kick, which means that we've gone from four months at the beginning of the episode, five months in the next scene, to the third scene, and now she's six months pregnant. Again, what? what is going on? How does time work? I don't get it. She says that the kick is kind of fluttery, yes, which I so think cute. is really, really cute, and then the little butterflies come to life. So again, is that Wanda, this is something I think we see throughout the episode, is Wanda has any discomfort, her powers kind of freak out. So the kick is obviously not something painful, but it is, especially the first one, I think is a surprising sensation for women. Of course, I'll never know this because I can't grow anything inside of me, but I can definitely see where that surprise would cause her powers to freak out a little bit and do something like make mm -hmm. butterflies come to life. Something real cute and, and silly, but as we see the contractions increase throughout the episode and the pain increase the things that her powers do become more and more uncontrollable I which it's I really interesting that we're seeing her bring things to life we'll talk about how why i also What's, think it has yep. to do with i mean she's pregnant she's about to bring life into the world also but i think it's mm -hmm. important that she's bringing these inanimate objects to life also. Definitely. Let's see. Yeah, Vision referring to Wanda's pregnancy. I thought I had super speed. I can't keep up. That was super cute. But when, Vision, when have you ever had super speed before this, before sitcom reality? That was not something that you ever had in any of the MCU movies prior to this. So now we've got Vision and Wanda, and they start talking baby about names. the baby names. Yes. I think this scene is absolutely adorable. Um, I love the back and forth between them. I love that Vision picks Billy and that Wanda picks Tommy. We'll talk about that a little love bit that. later. Vision was paying homage to Billy Shakes. Yes, yes. 
Number one. All the world is a stage and all the men and women are merely players, which I think is another meta shout out to exactly what is going on in this show. But I, it's something I've been marinating on. It's interesting that, that Wanda chooses Tommy because it's a classic all American name. Like Billy isn't. I, yes, exactly. That's a, that is a very, very good point. But it, it, it again, I think is just Wanda wants to fit in for whatever reason. Wanda paints the stork on the wall. And the stork is so ominous. And I thought that that was something that I wrote down before we even see the stork later in the episode. That stork just looked a little bit scary to me. Vision trying to figure out when the baby is going to be born is... I love it when nerds get in the zone like that, too. It's one of the most endearing things, one of my favorite things. Shout out to all the nerdy boys. Ugh, love y'all. Talk nerdy to me. Big fan. I love it. I definitely relate. Y'all know that I can talk about... (laughs) Y'all know I can talk about some nerds. What are we doing? Wanda says he's going to be here before you figure it out. I love their back and forth here, Billy, Tommy. And then Vision says that the baby's going to be born on Friday. It's cool to get a little context, too, with they're giving us days of the week and some timing, which is interesting given the pregnancy evolving and things like that. It's Tuesday. Okay, so the next scene, Wanda's in the kitchen. She has a shit ton of pineapple everywhere, so more fruit, which is cute because we assume maybe she's craving it, but I have thoughts. I have thoughts on the things that string throughout the episodes like this. And Vision is at the dining table with a doll with blonde hair and a red dress. Yes. I instantly thought, oh, Dottie, and then I felt weird about it because he was changing her diaper. (laughs) So... I don't really know what to make of that. The thing that threw me off, you mentioned Dottie Dottie to me before I had watched it a second time. And so I instantly jumped to Dottie and the way that Vision looks at the doll and does the little eye thing and says, we have an understanding. I because you you said Dottie, it drew that connection in my mind. And now I'm thinking about what that means. And I don't have an answer for that. But it is curious. curious. But also maybe consent on a little girl doll. That also very much because I think that Vision is the kind of man that would make sure that he has consent at all times. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think I need to be flogged, but then I'd enjoy it. Jenny is on one today. If you cut that, I'm going to be so <laughs> mad. <laughs> yes, I love you. And y'all can't see her, but she has her beanie pulled down over her face while she laughs like that. And it's perfect. It's always a beanie. But back to the episode vision, you're using super speed again, which I think we've continued to see him use super speed more and more throughout the episodes. But also, Vision, let me borrow that power because I have been giving like extensive uncle duties already. But uh, if I could change diapers at super speed, oh, that would be fantastic. So I'm going to need Vision to teach me how to do that. They make, was it Wanda or Vision who makes the comment about we are nothing if not prepared? I'm pretty sure it was Vision. Either way, one of them says that they're prepared and, um, I <laughs> know the fuck y'all they're aren't. Doing no. The physical comedy from both Bettany and Olsen is just fantastic. Going crazy. The sink is foaming over. Yes. Noted. And then, um, you're absolutely 100% in her third trimester now, and I'm still trying to figure out how this time stuff works. I don't understand how you're already this far along. Um, 
they do the rhythmic rhythmic breathing exercises, which is something that we've discussed the rhythmic stuff on past episodes. And we'll hop into that a little bit later with the way that it, it actually ends up calming them down this time. But it is very clear that pain fucks with Wanda's powers. And I'm now very worried that this isn't just limited to physical pain, but can also be extended to emotional pain and trauma. And that is probably going to how this series ends. And Wanda's full power set being unleashed uncontrollably is very, very scary. Also, the lights going super bright in the living room was mm-hmm. very interesting. I have thoughts. Yeah. I will discuss later on this, especially coupled with some of the things happening in the kitchen leading into it. It's got that real like witchy feel too, especially with the sound effects they did in yeah. the background but with their that little scene. Poses were kind of um, like I, 70s spy movie poses. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get like a more modernized looking version of that when we do get to the point where Wanda and Vision are fighting together against whomever uh, the enemies may be. So I think that'll be a little callback that we'll definitely get in a future episode. It was it was really, really cute, though. Like I said, I just love them together. Vision says he's going to go and check on the neighbors, and that is when the power goes out. We cut to Dottie and Phil. I really think that they're Hydra. I just, that's just a feeling that I have, whether or not this ends up being the There's case. There's something in this see. scene that makes me think it's building the case for that as well. Mm-hmm. He's reading a newspaper, okay. and on the front page is a headline about a fire hydrant. But I think being busted Ooh, or something. I forget I exactly what that. it is. And that wouldn't be front page news anywhere. So interesting that we see Mm-mm. Hydra. Interesting. Here. Yes. And I just think with the ties that Wanda has to Hydra, obviously that's where she got her powers from. The Hydra had a heavy presence in Sokovia. I definitely think that this can be the reintroduction of Hydra back into the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So let's see. Wanda knows something's off, acknowledges the close calls. Yes. And so neighbors. Yep. We cut back to, to Wanda and Vision as Vision comes back in the house. And yeah, like you just said, Wanda acknowledges it. She acknowledges the close calls. In the cutesy sitcom way, glossing over. Yes. And then Vision has, but then Vision gets this distressed face and he talks about the dinner. He talks about the neighbors acting strange today, yeah. herb cutting the, the wall. Style of the shoot is kind of changing again. It's more tense. It's more detailed, less of the sitcom filter feel. Yes. He says that there's something really, really wrong. And Wanda gets a distressed look on her face. And then it's just bam. We cut back to the beginning of them talking. And then we just have the pleasant conversation of. Right. It was like a little glitch. I literally thought my streaming went out. Wanda and Vision talking about their future with the children. I thought it was interesting that Wanda said, we don't know what to expect. And will the baby be human? Will it be synthesoid? And it kind of glosses over it. But the more I watched it, the more I felt suspicious about this. Yes, because like like I said last episode, how even do a witch and a synthesoid procreate? Like, how do you do that? How were these babies made? So again, we've got some thoughts. I at least know that I have some thoughts about it. Um, but let's let's save that for the end. But I also have thoughts on the fact that she's asking Vision this question. Because I mean, that means that she obviously doesn't know either. Is Wanda trying to get intel? Mm. That's what it might have started to feel like to me. And I have thoughts explaining that also. Yes. But once again, we will get to that in a little while. Vision telling Wanda that if Billy is anything like his ma, she'll be perfect. And then they have another little argument about the names. And I love that. 
uh, so very much. But then we cut from that to contractions again. And now these are the real ones. Vision starts to freak out and begin begins losing control of his power. Naturally, Wanda has to calm him down. It's real funny that Vision is a synthoid and is basically indestructible. But Wanda is always the one that has to go and check on things. He's a man. He's useless. <laughs> you are not uh, incorrect in that assessment. It's weird that Vision was so far off with the projected due date of the baby. He said Friday and that was this morning and now it's this afternoon and the babies are coming. It's just real crazy that he was yeah. that wrong. I wonder what that means, but we just don't know about time yet here. I, I, and we have thought yes. things related to that. But anyway. We get the rhythmic breathing here again. Like you said, Wanda has to calm Vision down. It's it's interesting that the rhythmic stuff this time seems to calm them down when in the previous two episodes when we've heard rhythmic sounds, it seemed to kind of like break the trance of the reality. Um, so it's if interesting that it's just yeah. the opposite this time. I'm not really sure what that means, um, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on as we get some more rhythmic sounds throughout the forthcoming episodes. And then we get to the point where her water actually breaks and then it just starts raining, like storming inside of the house. I thought that was so, so funny. Then we cut from that scene directly to this episode's commercial break. I honestly don't know exactly what this one is referencing and I haven't even seen articles on the internet that are explicitly My saying thoughts. what this one is you have some thoughts that i definitely think and i think that our thoughts yeah. kind of jive together so your go ahead with yours because yours started yeah the so the i didn't think too much about what specifically is going on with the shitty stuff happening to the woman that we're seeing in the you know the kitchen the soccer ball all that kind of stuff she's in the green kitchen also interesting and i think it's the same kitchen but I'm not 100%. On a meta side of things, using the same kitchen would be much easier than building two separate yeah. ones. A, that, that B, green kitchen, things at the front of your mind. Things We'll like talk that. about in a little bit. Yeah. They asked the woman who we've seen before. Surprise. She's the same woman in all the previous commercials. Same man. Is in Side the- note on that. I checked IMDb. They're only in three episodes. So I don't know if we get the commercials moving forward they anymore. probably won't have time. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking because we're going to get to the point where we're splitting time between S.W.O.R.D. and the sitcom reality. Anyway, so they ask the woman if she wants to get away or whatever they ask her. And she says, you read my mind. And I thought, oh, a lot like Wanda does to the Avengers in Age of Ultron. And then also on top of that, the way that Wanda ends up reading Ultron's mind when he is uploading his consciousness to what would become Vision's body. Those are both events that happen in Age of Ultron. And then what I noticed from the commercial was your problems float away. She's in a bathtub and Cap saves somebody falling off the Sokovian crater at the end of Age of Ultron in a bathtub. I was really focused on a world all your own where your problems float away. Well, a world all your own is another, to me, reference to Ultron destroying or eradicating humanity from Earth. And then he is all alone and the inhabitants of Earth are basically Ultron bots. Wanda's reality that we're talking about. Oh, I mean, that's a that's a fair interpretation, too. I, because I'm not going to, um, and the then we get on track. Although the the commercials usually have felt like a callback, so 
Totally. And it's usually related to some trauma in her life. So Sokovia, her childhood home being destroyed in Age of Ultron, I think is definitely a traumatic experience. And we have the Hydra. The soapbox looks like the Tesseract. That was also another call from Homo Fabuloso. Yeah, immediately I was like, well, that ain't the Tesseract. I think you text that to me as soon as you watched it. (laughs) And the foam in the bathtub was just like what was happening in the sink when the contractions were making everything go haywire in the kitchen. Interesting. Mm Ding. Interesting. May you say something about her own little world. May you say something about who's in this little world. I really see your interpretation of things, but I, I did, what struck me first was the Ultron references. Um, so I, I'm eagerly awaiting articles from somebody who breaks down everything in that commercial and tells me what it means because yeah. I don't know right now. <laughs> we, we can move right along here to cutting back to Vision and Wanda. And they're under the table, table and, and that's hysterical. And, oh, I love that album. <laughs> yeah, I need you to sing an entire Dave Matthews song for me now. I just need their their background instrumentals and your voice singing the song the background and your Dave Matthews impression, because that is fantastic. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, but yes, Vision and Wanda are under the table, and Vision makes a comment about the advantages of water birth, and I, again, think that's hysterical. Uh, Wanda cleaning up uh, the water breaking is fantastic. I see, I was about to say, I see you have iconic here. I think your choice of word is better than mine. Um, I feel like that should now be some kind of, like, shampoo or conditioner commercial. We see Paul Bettany deliver another um, fantastic joke. Yes, the baby is approximately nine months early. Uh, And absolutely because 16 hours ago you weren't pregnant and now the children are literally coming. So Vision is going to have to go get the doctor. So he leaves. But it's, again, curious that Vision is using his superpowers where people can see them and doesn't really seem too perturbed with having to do so. Whereas Wanda always wants to hide everything. So I think that's just an interesting contrast between the two of them that we've got going on right now. Yeah, he's really throwing caution to the wind all of a sudden, which yes. I, I understand for you, lady. The times that Vision has used his powers that we've seen have been to save Mr. Hart's life when he was drunk at the talent show and then to make sure that the baby was going to be okay during the birthing process. So he's used his powers in front of people for good reasons, but Wanda didn't tell him to do it this time. He just went ahead and used the powers. Again, I get it in that situation if I was having a kid and I needed to go get the doctor and I had super speed. I'm throwing caution to the wind too. But it is curious that the vision is the one that's constantly using his powers where Wanda does not want to do the same. So we've got Wanda at home by herself and she hears a noise and like the classic sitcom tropes that we've seen throughout the show, the doorbell distracts her before she can go and check out the noise. Wanda is frantic to hide the pregnancy. So she starts the fabulous coat game, which is right on point with the theme of the week post inauguration, because I've been living for the coats. <laughs> anyway. Oh yeah, they were they they were killing it at inauguration. All the ladies also, were. Shout out to Bernie's reprisal of his classic coat. Proud of you. 
they were like, oh, do you have a comment on your mittens? And he was like, all right, so what we need to do now is get this done for the American people. And I love that so much about him. And I saw some fucking stupid feminist take being like, oh, Bernie looks like how every woman has ever looked at any public event ever because we have to go through this, that, and the other. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Bernie shows up. Bro, Bernie is like 80 years old. It's cold as shit outside. He's trying to stay warm. He's got shit to fucking Thank do. You. He's there to support. He's not there to be a part of the spectacle where I'm I'm not hating on everybody who looked amazing. Don't get me wrong because I enjoyed mm-hmm. that just yep. as much as anybody else. I cried during Madame Gaga, blah, blah, blah. But we still are in the middle of a pandemic and there are people who cannot eat or pay rent right now. And yeah. y'all deck to the nines shows that you live in your own reality, much like Wanda yeah. does. And Bernie seems to be in the real reality with Sword with his... Same old coat on and his extra Being like, mittens. all right, I get it, Bernie. Go actually get done now. Let's instead of flaunt this money that people don't have, let's find a way to get it back in their pockets. I get it, I Bernie. Bernie 100%. So, shout out. All right, but yeah, so we'll hop back over here to Wanda again and love the code game, but it really does seem to reinforce the fact that Wanda doesn't control her powers when she's in pain. Every time she has a contraction, the coat changes. Anytime something's occurring with the babies. we I agree with you. I think it's pain, but it could have something to do with the babies, like you said, too. She also looks like she's pregnant with twins at this point. Like, they really went for it with the baby belly. Yes. It doesn't look like just one baby anymore. That was one thing you pointed out to me at the end of, or before I watched it for a second time again, because I obviously don't know much about women pregnancy sizes, but I did go and look what it looks like when women have twins. And I think that that was intentional by the showrunners to make her extra pregnant. So I definitely think that you're you're correct in that assessment. Okay, so we see Miss Monica or Geraldine. And so Monica comes over and she needs a bucket to bail out her house. Fuck shit up. Yes, because Wanda's water broke and it looks like it wasn't just Wanda's house that got rained in. So Wanda's... Wait, wait, what happened? Wanda goes to look for a bucket in the kitchen. Yes, for the bucket. Her coats keep changing. So she's like, this isn't going to work. She ends up in a fabulous mink. Yes. So that's upsetting that she didn't get to keep that. Because that moment where she's like, oh, it was so cute. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, ooh, that coat, bitch. So she switches to the bowl of fruit. The bowl of fruit. F- yes. But yeah, so Monica's getting ready to go. And then she ends up staying, which is kind of, one, it, it kind of hits on the sitcom tropes again of, you know, nosy neighbors and over. Yes. Yeah, overstaying their welcome. Yes, there's something going on that Wanda needs to investigate. So she sits down and starts talking about her job. And I think it's just to point out, I think it's interesting. She has a temp job and not a permanent one. Um, as she begins the story. Well, well, I like at the beginning of the story, it's still she has a temp job, which it'll it'll link to the conversation Agnes and, and Herb have. Um. And I think it may also could potentially have something to do with her current status as a sword agent, but we'll really get into that a little bit later. There's a boss named Mr. Haddix. I have thoughts. Yes. Um, Yeah. And I'm curious if we will ever actually see him either in the sitcom reality or the real reality. Um, But we'll get into that later. He is anyway, outside of one other. I don't in this scene. That leads me to believe some things about the reality on the whole. So, yeah, then the stork shows up and I have thoughts on the stork. We'll really, really dig into that here. We're almost towards the end of this episode in just a little bit. very worked up about the stork. And I'm totally in on this with you. But, yeah, it's crazy that Wanda tries her magic Mm -hmm. and it doesn't work. It's interesting that it's a puff of red smoke. Wanda actually has to throw a piece of fruit 
So again, there's some more fruit stuff at the stork to make it go away. And then the stork makes that crazy noise. And Wanda says that it is the new ice maker machine in the refrigerator. Were there ice makers and refrigerators in the 70s? I definitely stopped to think about the ice maker in that moment. So either way, I'm not sure, but it made me pause. It may be something that Wanda, you know, recognizes on refrigerators now. Like, I definitely think the Avengers had one on the refrigerator at the Avengers compound when we have that scene of Wanda and Vision in the kitchen. And it may have just been her pulling something from her mind really quick to answer Geraldine's question about what that noise was. But yeah, I don't know that there were ice makers in in the 70s. So it's just interesting that that's what she jumped to. But yeah, so the stork runs around the couch at that point. Wanda makes another little, oh my God, noise and kind of freaks out. And the stork gets real, real close to Monica. And I thought it was funny that she's got fish on her pants and that mm-hmm. storks, you know, eat fish. I, those fish um, Thoughts. Yep. Not only was her okay, whole we'll, we'll, we'll dive into those. Fucking incredible. Fabulous. Oh, my God. But yeah, then uh, it's funny that right after Monica freaked out about the stork making that noise in her stories, she tells Wanda that she keeps her cool all the time. And I just thought that was really funny that she had just freaked out and then says that. Then she finishes the story. And the whole point of telling the story was that she needed some new office supplies. And then asks if she can go and get supplies out of Wanda and Vision's spare room. Why does she know where Wanda and Vision keep spare office supplies? Throughout this scene, it kind of seems like Monica, Geraldine have some insider knowledge about stuff, whether or not she consciously remembers this. But yeah, it's just her, some of her behavior with this story is just really, really interesting to me. She runs into the baby room and the stork hides in the painting that Mona, or excuse me, that Wanda had made earlier. I think that the stork is obviously intentionally trying to hide from other people, but You're we'll just, talk about being pretty brazen with Monica in that room. So I thought that was yeah, just a second ago. Yeah, and so I'm. I didn't know if I, Wanda maybe gained control a little bit over the situation in that moment. Potentially. One of the kids messing with the stork like that, that could make a little bit more sense. But I do have a few ideas about that that we'll we'll yeah. get to here. They're in the baby room and then Monica says, oh, you're pregnant. And Wanda then the fruit bowl. Yes. And then Wanda full on goes into labor and then they lay her down on the floor in the living room. And Monica begins helping deliver the baby with Wanda. Then we cut to the doctor as Vision shows up with the super speed. The doctor's car is not working. Again, funny sitcom tropey thing but we know that they're kind of sort of trapped here and can't leave even if they really want it. so it's got a way more ominous tone to it i think it's really interesting again the vision is using his speed in front of people right there in front of everybody like yo pulls up on the doctor throws him on his back and runs off and leaves the wife there what and about my two-piece about- <laughs> <laughs> but i also think that it's interesting that everyone refers to vision as mr vision and that no one questions the fact that they don't call him by his last name and that vision is an acceptable first name it's kind of curious that that everyone just kind of accepts that name and that he doesn't have a last name it's just literally vision prince now we're at a point where the episode consistently cuts back and forth between the birth and what Wanda, excuse me, the birth and what Vision is doing at the same time. And as we get closer and closer to the end of the episode, this 
sense of dread and terror just kind of settles into the scene and the cuts and then the scoring of this last portion of the episode just really really um this show is really just going to delve into some point it's just a full-on like horror show these psychological thriller elements that we're getting towards the end of a lot of the episodes position of some of the comedic stuff happening inside at sometimes with the tension outside and then it turning back to tension inside too i think as we get deeper and deeper into these episodes you'll start to see that psychological thriller and then really as we start to get towards the end of this stuff the horror side of things really creep into this show but we cut back to wanda and monica delivering the baby um things are going nuts in the house and monica geraldine really takes minimal notice of this with the exception of the chandelier that falls but she doesn't really pay attention to the sink going crazy in the kitchen like it was earlier the stuff spinning on the wall and i i do get that you're in the middle of trying to birth a baby and i could see that taking your focus but also like the entire house is freaking out on like some poltergeist shit and you're just kind of like oh, okay I'm sure there's a perfectly logical explanation for this. And then again, the audience laughs after that. And you're kind of like, is that meant to be funny? But then we get to this point where Wanda starts talking about, I can't do this. And then Monica says, yes, you can. Instant flashback to having to. The dialogue is almost exact to what it was when Wanda is, yeah, blowing up the Mind Stone in Vision's head. And she says, I can't do this. And so, yeah, I'm going to need y'all to stop with this, uh. Infinity War trauma and bringing us back to this in literally every episode. You've made a note here and I am of the similar uh, thought process that um, why is there why is this birth so clean? Like the baby cam comes out and it's no literally just looks like a clean and then it's already like swaddled and stuff too. Like as soon as it comes out. I, is that right? Yeah. I think I remember but that one push that like when the cord. I wasn't sure if it was more about the 70s sitcom keeping it light or if it was more to highlight that something mm-hmm. or maybe it's both. I was about to say I definitely think it's it's both. Um it's it's it fits the the motifs that we're seeing in this episode of of the 70s themes sitcom themes that we've been seeing in the different episodes. The the birth took 16 hours I think that there are going to be other weird things that we see about it. All right. So then Vision shows back up to the house with the doctor, even though the first baby has already been born. But the doctor makes a comment of we went so fast, it was like we were flying. And we know that Vision can fly. And so I'm curious if super speed and the ability to fly have some similarities in the MCU. I really love that Vision goes ahead and names the baby Tommy. I love the fact that, that Wanda goes ahead and says, don't you want your baby to meet you as yourself? And he does a little thing and, and is the vision face instead yeah. of the human vision. Which was sweet, but also, again, balls. And yes, definitely, because they're literally just right there in the kitchen and there's all kind of openings in the kitchen. All they have to do is turn around and they can see real vision's face. So like you said, it's they've gotten brazen with especially vision has gotten brazen with using his powers and revealing himself. But it was still sweet leading into this endearing moment with them looking to each other's eyes. And then Wanda screams in his face. Ah! And then he screams. Then just the physical comedy for the second birth is really, really great. It was interesting that the second birth was just like, Oh, she's pregnant. The baby's coming. And then they cut to the scene where they actually have the baby. It wasn't as much focus on it. The doctor there. I don't know. Again. Yes, exactly. And so I, that was just interesting to me the same way that the hearts just kind of like left after Mr. Hart nearly choked at dinner in the first episode. 
the way that the first birth was kind of this long drawn out moment. And then the second birth was just like, oh shit, the second baby's coming. And then it cuts to the next scene. Wanda thanks the doctor, then makes that dick face comment to Monica about you'd be a good nurse when she's the one that actually we saw deliver a baby. Uh, so go fuck yourself, Dr. Nielsen. Vision is about to walk the doctor out and the doctor says, as long as I can actually walk this time. Interesting to note that another neighbor definitely realizes that Vision has used his powers, but then acts like there's really nothing to it. Just think that that's interesting and something we for certain need to be keeping an eye on. He admits to Vision that he makes the comment to Vision that they won't be getting away after all. He says small towns are so hard to escape. And then the audience laughs again. And then this is really where we are about to. Yes, we really get into the unnerving and the dread. And uh, that paranoia really starts to creep in at this point in the episode. Vision is getting ready to go back inside. Uh, but then who else is there but Agnes and Agnes and Herb are talking and they're gossiping and they're being quiet and using their whispering voices. And they're talking about my girl, Monica. And I think keep calling him herb his name is herbert like it's herb you say herb yeah, because you i know weed, i keep calling him herb it's making me die every yeah, time you say it i love that's, it that's 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 quite quite <laughs> literally what it is urban and agnes are, are talking real low and they just ask vision if they just ask him some questions about monica and then at that point we're gonna cut back to Monica and Wanda and they're watching the baby and Monica tells Wanda she's real she's a real strong woman having twins is some crazy stuff oh my god if y'all could see Jenny right now <laughs> um and then Wanda goes I was a twin too I'm a twin I had a brother and so this is one of the most explicit moments of Wanda remembering the outside reality and then she goes on to start talking about Pietro. And when she says Pietro, I think in a couple of moments in this sequence of Wanda and Monica talking, you start to hear the Sokovian accent come back. Yes, yes. So I definitely think that that's something we'll see start to happen more and more throughout the episodes. Um, and we'll... I think by the time we get to the end that Monica, I mean, not Monica, that Wanda will probably definitely have her whole Sokovian accent back. Like I said, this is really when those horror vibes start kicking in, which is the lullaby. Yep. Is another, another Sokovian, uh, another obvious Sokovian. Yeah, I was reference. crying right along um, with her. I don't, mm-hmm, I don't have it in the notes here, but I will post over on. Wait, I'll pull it up. I think I have it. I waited for you, and this day has come. My heart became a home full of light, full of light. And some people have thought that that may be a reference to Monica getting her powers. But also, I mean, it's just a Sokovian lullaby and something that Wanda definitely remembers from her childhood. It looks like the lullaby kind of broke Monica's trance or whatever happens to people when they're in this. The lullaby or Wanda mentioning Pietro bringing up her past either or it seemed like a spell was breaking or something was happening because then she says he was killed by ultron and the he is talking about pietro so it seems like the combination of those real world things coupled together coming into the reality 
has knocked Monica off her game for a sec. Whether or not Monica has been acting this whole time as Geraldine, we'll get into that here in a little bit, but there is definite potential that these real realities things have brought Monica out of this trance. But when she says, was he killed by, or he was killed by Ultron, wasn't he? She gets a super crazy look from Wanda, but then we cut back to Agnes and Herb talking about Monica to Vision. They make references that she's new to town. She has no family, no husband. And then at one point even says she has no home, which if you couple the fact that Monica doesn't have a home, but she came over to Wanda's house to get a bucket so that Monica slash Geraldine could bail her house out from the water breaking. It seems like Monica may have some insider knowledge. Yeah, Herb and Agnes start to act really suspicious. Yes. And it looks like Herb wants to tell visions as yes, like they really can't keep it together. For whatever reason, it, it looks like Herb may want to spill the beans, but Agnes to me looks like whatever this loose affiliation of the neighbors is, it looks to be like, even though she said Dottie's in charge, I kind of feel like Agnes is in charge of stuff. Um, the way that she, the way that Herb reacted to her being like, nah, shut the fuck up. He shut the fuck up. Then we, we cut back to Monica and Wanda again. And like I said, these cuts just keep adding to the horror vibe. This, the, the score is getting real creepy at this point. And now Wanda wants to know who Monica is. Uh, you mentioned Ultron, you know about my brother. Monica has no answers for her. Wanda sees the sword necklace. Um, it looks like Wanda has some prior knowledge, even if it's subconsciously well, she's, about she's swords. Seen she the symbol, not like right? that symbol on the beekeeper and the helicopter. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, Dutch. Eh? She's seen it on the beekeeper and the helicopter, so she knows she doesn't like that symbol. And then, yeah, so eventually Agnes leaves, and we see that she's got purple and blue flowers in her basket. Purple, which, like I believe. Yes, blue which purple, again, whatever. Colors are important. We'll talk about that here in a second. Then Vision asks Herb something else. Um, and Herb just kind of, hey, nah, Vision, I'm out. I'll catch you on the flip side. And Vision walks back inside and knows that something is amiss. Vision asked what happened to Monica. And this is really the culmination of this, the, the thriller horror stuff of this episode because her response is terrifying. The look on her face, the culmination of all of those cuts, and then the way that the score has kind of settled back down and things are happy again and she's just mm-hmm. outright lying to Vision. I have thought. Ooh, oh, really man. Creepy. Didn't seem oh, Wanda-like. Man. Now we get to the point where we're seeing the outside of the reality and we see a very, very old-looking Westview sign. Um... And you start to see a shimmer a little bit up on what we now know is the edge of the reality. And eventually Monica bursts through this hole. As she bursts through, it looks like she absorbs a whole lot of energy in a very similar fashion to what happened to Captain Marvel when she absorbed the energy from the Tesseract engine and got granted her powers. It looks like S.W.O.R.D. runs up on Monica, guns drawn, helicopter searchlights on her. We get a shot of Monica laying on the ground that looks a lot like the shots of Gamora and Black Widow dead on Voromir and Petro dead in Age of Ultron. So that may be something that we need to keep an eye on for foreshadowing for the future for what could potentially happen to Monica. And the Sleepy Jean song striking up. Is yes. Thing. Yes. I don't remember the if that's the title. Forgive me. But then we see Monica open her eyes and we zoom out and it doesn't look like the guards are 
really on edge. So I, I think that Sword has recognized that this is Monica that just came out of the reality. But that's where the episode ends. And talking about Monica, I think segues us good into our next sections. Uh, this is just what we think is happening because we literally have no clue. <laughs> Uh, Paul Bettany said it was going to blow our minds, the fourth episode, and Tiana Paris said that we are going to definitely get some answers. I think the fourth episode might actually kind of be split between S.W.O.R.D. and the sitcom reality. Yeah, we've broken the wall now, yeah. so I'd be surprised if we didn't spend a significant amount of time there seeing what the fuck is going on, which I very much look yes, forward to. Yes, 100% with Randall Park and Kat Dennings getting ready to show up, we're obviously going to have a lot more sword on our hands. Speaking of sword and Monica, uh, I definitely think she's a sword agent right now, but I think she may have gone rogue and entered the reality without uh, direct permission from her superiors. Right. Because she was exhibiting some newbies. Yes. has some insider knowledge about Wanda. And I assume that she got that because she's a sword ape. But also, we haven't seen anyone else that appears to be from sword in there. And then the conversation between Agnes and Herb really makes it seem like Monica's not supposed to be there um, at all. So I wouldn't be surprised if she entered the reality without permission. And that adds another question of how did she even manage to get in? But I think we'll probably see some of that here in the next couple of episodes. To me, it looked like Monica is gaining her powers in this episode. When she got pushed out of the reality, to me, it looked like the energy absor absorption, very similar to Captain Marvel. I think it's just a missed opportunity if she just got her powers off screen, unless they're going to show us that in a flashback. I guess that's fine, but I think... I would prefer just to watch Monica as she's gaining her powers. I think that was it. I feel like we've seen her in a flight suit before. And to me, it made me seem like she was a regular role agent. Didn't mm -hmm. have powers yet. Yeah, I definitely, definitely. So I think we, I think we've just seen it. And with the posing, like you mentioned, with like the dead bodies we've seen before, maybe like you said, it could be an allusion to she shouldn't have survived this, but now she has powers. And that's what kept her. Maybe that's the the metaphorical death of Monica Rambo and the birth of either Spectrum or Photon. So there's a lot yeah. of ways you could look at that. But I definitely think we just saw saw Monica get her power. The lullaby, it looks like she snapped out of sitcom reality. And I'm honestly, she could have been pretending through a lot of the sitcom reality, especially if she has infiltrated the reality. She didn't really seem to know her name. She seems to make up a lot of her answers on spot, so. Maybe her helicopter crashed into the reality. Yeah. Maybe she was one of the helicopter pilots. Um, I'm, yeah, so I really do think that we'll get some answers about Monica next week, and that'll be fantastic, because I want to know. Yeah, me these too. Things. We talked about this a little bit throughout the episode. Uh, about Vision, I definitely do think that he is fully reanimated at this point and that I agree. he's his own entity again. I am curious if Wanda has reconstituted the Mind Stone. And I'm interested because we've now seen Wanda bring things to life in this episode. You have some theories on the Infinity Stones, maybe her being able to tap into the atoms of the Infinity Stones. Have we seen that at work? We're going to talk a little bit more about that, I think, in this section. Yeah. But let's um, 
kind of one of the first places where I was thinking about that. Let's talk about what you think is going on with Wanda, which from what you saw at the end. Yes. So this episode, more than anything, of course, we've seen that Wanda, especially out of her envision, has the most clarity and agency picture of what's going on. It has felt that way about the neighbors in comparison as well. Up until this point when we've seen now Agnes and Herb and a couple people kind of breaking down or losing the facade. Wanda feels possessed to me or like she's in a trance or something. There are times where we feel or where I felt that we were getting the real Wanda. Like when she says, I'm a twin. My brother died. His name was Pietro. She sings the lullaby in Sokovian. And... If she's possessed or being controlled in some way, manipulated, she very well could be breaking through in some moments like the that. Same way, the same way that the neighbors kind of break through at different times, especially what we totally. saw this episode. So I definitely, definitely see how you interpreted Wanda's actions that way. I kind of still lean that she has created this reality probably subconsciously and will do pretty much anything to keep herself grounded in this reality. Oh, I was going to say that's fair. And I, I used to feel the same way, but especially at the end of the episode, the way she handled Geraldine and the way she lied to Vision about it and the way she's handling Vision, that made me so suspicious about the way that she's trying to handle Vision and kind of rein everybody in around her. I am suspicious as fuck of Wanda now. I, I absolutely understand that. She may have, she may also still be completely in control and like you said, have made a deal or something yep, I, that she doesn't want Vision to find out about. But what? Whatever the case may be, sus. Yeah, I definitely completely agree with that. My only rebuttal is that remember that Wanda was initially introduced as a villain um, and had no scruples doing bad things to get her way. She wanted revenge on Tony Stark, so she was willing to work with Ultron until she found out that Ultron was just going to destroy the world. So then at that point, you kind of sort of have to work with the Avengers. And even once she became a hero, when Civil War happened and Hawkeye showed up to get Wanda, she like pile drove Vision like 50 feet into the ground. So it's clear that she's willing to do what she needs to do to achieve her goals. I still really do think that she has made the reality subconsciously and is doing everything in her power to stay grounded in said reality. You absolutely could be right. And I also don't disagree with your theory. Like, I still think that totally could be the case. This is just now... I'm feeling some type of way. I'm feeling suspicious of Wanda. Maybe they're trying to do that to me on purpose. I, I, I don't know. I absolutely think that, I think we talked about this. I don't know if it ended mm -hmm. up in the second or the third episode, but I think that this paranoia that we're feeling is definitely intentional mm -hmm. by the showrunners. And so they are doing a fantastic job. So I mentioned in this section, I called you out a little bit, that we're thinking that, or at least your theory is that Wanda's tapping into the power of the Infinity Stone. So talk more about that, yes. please. So this, I didn't mean to do that. I just got excited. No, no you're fine. I got excited last night when I was writing this because I had I was talking to you and then I had like a little bit of an epiphany because I realized that I had gotten to four of the six Infinity Stones. So then I kind of played with the last two. And yes, I definitely do think that Wanda's tapping into the atoms of the Infinity Stones. She has 
is what we call it chaos magic in the comics or hex magic and chaos a, magic and hex allows magic, her to actually. tap into some like extra dimensional type energy and it really seems like she's doing a similar thing in the MCU. Mm-hmm. It's likely that she's probably already reconstituted the Mind Stone and that actually is the Mind Stone in Vision's head. That'd be awesome. I think we'll definitely get clarity on that in the coming episodes. I don't know whether or not it was intentional that she recreated the Mind Stone. That scene that we've seen in the trailer where it looks like she's face to face with the Mind Stone and we think potentially it's a flashback of her getting her powers. I think I've said this before. I think we said I said it on the first episode. It's just as likely that she could be recreating the Mind Stone and we're seeing that in that scene. So yeah, that's that would be dope. definitely one of them right there. Then if we think back to the first episode when she was trying to cook dinner, she had the chicken that was uncooked and then she cooked it. And it went too far and got burned. And then she reversed it and went so far back that it became chicken eggs. The chicken or the egg. Hmm. <laughs> that was a really good example. Again, before leading into this episode where she's bringing things to life. Like, yep. Very yes. interesting. And then if we think back to Doctor Strange, he did a similar thing with the apple when he was actually using the time yes. stone. Like you just said, she's bringing things to life. Even as far back as the first episode, we saw the butterflies and the stork come to life. I have seen the theory floated that potentially could have been Billy in the womb rather than Wanda. Interesting. But I think that those are in conjunction with the contractions and her powers kind of freaking out. But it looks like she can create life. So she might be tapping the soul stone. And I think this is a cool idea and a cool MCU twist for Billy and Tommy that Wanda tapped into the atoms of the soul stone to create them rather than making a deal or or it being Mephisto's soul. But Mephisto would probably still be after a power like that. It would certainly it would track. Certainly. So that would make sense too. Sure. Yes, definitely. But I think like it, it definitely allows for some of those scary things that happen to the twins in the comics, like them completely disappearing when the reality goes away or being scarred by having a piece of Mephisto, that's kind of like super terrible. So I really do hope that she's using the Soul Stone to do that. Yeah, I just saw your note for the next part. <laughs> My jaw dropped. I didn't see this before. I'm really okay, excited. Okay, so that right there. In all caps. So, so that's three of the six stones right there. This is when I talked about having the little epiphany last night. And unfortunately, y'all aren't going to get to hear it on this episode because I've already thought of it. But what if Wanda is using the reality stone to make this reality? We saw Thanos do the exact same thing in Infinity War. Gamora thought she killed Thanos. You thought you saw the Collector there. You thought you saw a whole lot of things. And then the screen just wipes and Thanos is like, reality is what I want it to be. And it's red in the MCU, right? Yes. Sure is. Yes. And the Mind Stone is yellow. And those are the two most prominent colors we've seen so far. Yes. Interesting. Purple and blue? Uh, those are green and green is time stone. Yes. Green is a time stone. Purple and blue are the power and, uh, space stones. Blue is the test. Yep. The space stone. And so that right there now with her potentially tapping the reality stone to create sitcom reality. And like Thanos said, if reality is what he makes it, if Wanda has subconsciously made that this reality, what she knows is old sitcoms because she used to watch reruns in Sokovia. So I really think that that I really, really think I really like I said last night, I just kind of like, boom, the, yeah. the 
And that tracks with all the all the missing pieces yep. too of like the work, the job, the dinner party, exactly some of the, the other things stuff. that she would think that she thinks about. So you go to work and like I said, you just do 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 type on a computer all day, but she can't tell anyone how an office actually works. So if she's creating a reality that's got an office in it, it's going to work on a superficial level because that's all she knows about it. Yeah, which is why sitcom works. Yes, exactly, and it and it, it works for her to compartmentalize her trauma. Yes, too. and those come through, wow. those leak through in commercials. And there are times when there are things that you're so connected to that you can't ignore them in reality, something like a twin. So that could be something that grounds her in reality. And I do think we see Quicksilver soon at some point. And let me go ahead and and jump. That could potentially be the fifth stone if she's using if she does end up making a multiverse Bifrost, like I've talked about, I think, in the first Mm -hmm. episode. She would mm-hmm. probably usually be using the power of the Space Stone, the Tesseract, to do that. I do think that Evan Peters is going to be Quicksilver. I'm still kind of on the fence about whether he's going to be his Fox version of Quicksilver or if they're just going to make him the MCU Quicksilver. And we'll just, as an audience, just have to know that this is the same. But the same, it's the same thing with Rhodey when they changed out the actors. It's the same thing with Mark Ruffalo being Incredible Hulk instead of Edward Norton. So I, I think that it can go either way with Quicksilver, but I definitely think he shows up. And if it is the Fox version, then that's her tapping into the Tesseract and the Space Stone and making that multiverse Bifrost. The last one would be the Power Stone, which we haven't seen yet, but we've seen it on a large scale by a Celestial to kill a planet, and then we've seen Thanos use it to fight with. So I think when we get to the point that Wanda and Vision start fighting people, that she may tap into the power of the Power Stone, and where her powers were already like super duper strong, now they're going to be like super duper incredibly crazy strong. So that's the only one that kind of leaves like a little thread hanging there. Um, but I, there are, aren't real defined ways of what the power stone does. So there's lots of ways that she could end up potentially using that. We took a break in between recording the synopsis and this part, because again, I feel like shit today. So Jake's been very gracious. Oh, you know, I got and you. since then I've ingested some kind goods. Yeah. So, Godspeed to us. Yeah. Before we get to the villains, we want to go ahead and talk about the baby some. These were some notes that we kind of had during the episode, but we didn't want to pull too far ahead. So I thought it was kind of funny that Vision wants to name a kid Billy, and Billy ends up becoming Wiccan, who has got Wanda's power set. And Wanda wanted to name the kid Tommy, who ends up having either Vision or Quicksilver's power set with a super speed. It was just funny that they flip-flopped the names of the kids that would have their power set. So that's interesting. Curious if it's nothing, if it's anything more than a cute coincidence, or if perhaps we might see the MCU switch the power sets of the twin. I think that's really unlikely. I think it was probably just a cute coincidence. That was really endearing to me. I really did enjoy that. In a similar fashion, I find it funny that Vision misses Tommy's birth, who's going to have Vision Quicksilver's super speed, but was there for Billy's. So it's just interesting that they've flip-flopped with the names and who Vision was actually there to see born. Um, like I said, I don't think it'll really come to anything more, but there is the potential for that. So that's something that I'm going to yeah. keep an eye on. I was interested that when Tommy was born, before she realized she had <laughs> twins, she said that he was strong when she handed him division. She didn't say the same for Billy. 
So I didn't know what that foreshadowed. Um, I'll just do it. They they both end up dying in the comics and they eventually get reincarnated. We can just leave it at that at this point, because I think we'll probably dive more into the twins origins in a later episode once they've kind of grown up some and we can kind of see what what similarities and differences there are between the comic and the MCU versions. But with the birth of the kids, I think we've probably seen what a lot of the villains are after at this point. And so right now, we just kind of wanted to run through some of the potential villains that may end up showing up and some of the foreshadowing and clues that we've seen throughout the episodes that lead us to think that these villains are probably So coming. in the context of this episode, we're going to frame our villain discussion with the colors because it's called Now in Color. I think the colors are super important and I think they can tell us Definitely. a lot about the villains. They might be trying to throw us off too, but I, I think that they're really key that to that. I think they're there for people that know the comics. I mean, obviously, if you don't know Grim Reaper and that he largely wears blue and purple in the comics, then those colors aren't going to mean anything to you. But we saw blue and purple in the baby room and that was in agnes basket on her bicycle too right the basket on her bike yeah and her bike was i wrote it down somewhere her bike was either blue or purple with those flowers in the yeah, basket so as well and her cameo pin is also blue there's potential that that ralph actually does exist i i don't think that this is the case but there is potential for it that ralph does exist and ralph could end up being the grim reaper and all these purple and blues mean that agnes yeah. is potentially connected to the grim reaper and also her blue cameo pen appears to have some sort of figure with a scythe yeah i know that's something that you've said yeah there there are just a lot of clues even if Agnes, because all the clues are centered around Agnes, she's probably got some connection to the Grim Reaper. What if uh, they gender been the Grim Reaper and Agnes isn't Agatha Harkness, but she's actually the Grim Reaper? That would be awesome. I would be super cool with that. Ooh, I would We've not be mad. And voice Olivia Octavius, so she's done the the villain role at least in in voice acting before. And I mean, we've seen what she's already done through the show, so she's got the acting chops to go ahead and and pull off a villain too. So that just came to my head, but that's yeah. something we were trying to draw connections to who Grim Reaper could be. But what if shit, what if she's just the Grim Reaper? That would be pretty sick. But I have my suspicions of Herb because he's standing there with that wild ass saw cutting through the cement. It made me think about somebody with a scythe or some sort of tool. So I don't know. I was trying to draw a parallel. Maybe it's a reach, but it felt that was definitely my first thought too. His real name is Herbert. We don't have his last name, but in the comics, the high evolutionary who is the creator of Rocket and some other talking animals. There was an Easter egg in episode two in the intro for Bova Milk. Bova is a highly intelligent cow that I believe the High Evolutionary created and actually helped give birth to Wanda and Pietro. When we find out that Magneto is not Pietro and Wanda's father, we come to find out that they were created by the High Evolutionary. So there's a really good chance that Herb is actually the High Evolutionary because he's supposed to be showing up in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because Rocket oh. is supposed to come face to face with his creator 
there's a really good chance if we're going to be messing with some multiverse stuff or traveling through the cosmos, if Wanda has any ability to tap into the Bifrost, it would make a whole lot of sense if Herb is the high evolutionary. And then that would also explain why he was willing to tell Vision what was going on. And then Agnes was like, no, you can't do that. So I still think that whoever Agnes actually is, if it's Agatha Harkness, as a lot of people really think, or if she is potentially the Grim Reaper, I think she's probably in charge of whatever loose affiliation of villains or anti-heroes or people that are trying to get to the kids. She's probably likely in charge of that loose affiliation of of bad guys, I guess. And I still think there's room for her to become a mentor, yep. even if that's the case, just maybe because I'm rooting for it. Because I'd love to see her do both. But but we can transition to, because those were really the big things for me with... The, those, yeah, the Reaper, at with least, the blues and purples, blue definitely. And, and then, I mean... Yeah, maybe the greens now, because I think the red will save for yeah. Fisto Watch. Um, the, the green is probably yeah. going to be referencing Nightmare. Um, whenever he does show up on Earth, he usually wears a tattered green cloak. And we've just seen a lot of green in different places. We All did mention the kitchen it, and the living room. yeah. It could potentially be linked to to the time stone, maybe, but also all through the I, commercial too. With yes, the Hydra reference, so that could be yes. nightmare trauma. Nightmare could be the one that's influencing those those commercials, those infomercials. Exactly, if he is involved in this because that's what he does is messes with people's dreams on the astral plane. So he could be pushing some of Wanda's trauma to the forefront if he's involved in this. Yeah, I, I really don't know who Nightmare would be like at all, but yeah. I, I do think. I really am of the opinion that we're going to see like multiple villains in this because it's six hours worth of content. So if we get one or two villains in a movie in essentially the time of three movies, we should probably see three or four villains. I think that Disney shows are really meant to begin expanding the Marvel universe. That's one of the things we've seen on a lot of the promotional material just in general for the Disney Plus shows is the ex- expanding the universe. Yeah. I think that was a... Sh- a short that they had on um, Disney Plus that was about the MCU. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get multiple villains. And I also think that there's potential for a couple different villain teams. I want to save room for us to talk about the color red probably before I get too much into that. Or do you want to? I mean, I mean, the the red dress really gave me Hydra vibes. Yeah. The the blonde hair doll. Like Dottie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Hydra is still around. If we take Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be any kind of canon, Hydra wasn't founded for, like, world domination. They were trying to bring back one of the original Inhumans. So it it wouldn't be surprising if there were also connections between an interdimensional demon and Hydra. Yeah. Which kind of leads us into Mephisto, which is what I really think a lot of the red is signifying. And I think that we've got a whole lot of Mephisto clues. Mm -hmm. So we've got a little section here in our notes uh, called Mephisto Watch. The devil is in the details. I mean, there have been a lot of devil references throughout all three episodes. So we just want to run through them real quick. In episode one, during the infomercial, the toaster actually has triple sixes on it. If you turn it upside down, you can see the the three sixes. The six on the clock is missing in the clock on the wall in the toaster commercial. Mm. Then... Also, your great catch of the wine bottle, where a lot of people were going with House of M references. 1953 was the year that Mephisto first appeared in the comics, correct? Yes. Episode two, 
the devil's in the details comments. I know that Dottie at one point said the devil is in the details. And then Agnes leans over and says that's not the only place he is. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what the comment was about the bush? Yeah, she said her roses bloom under penalty of death. That's not a specific devil reference, but red roses um, kind of lead me again just to think of Mephisto or the potential that something to do with Hydra. When we see the clock radio that Jimmy Woo's voice eventually comes from, the six is missing on that as well, too. Hmm. I'm curious if there's a clock that we haven't noticed yet that's missing a six to complete the triple sixes, or if we see one in a future episode. But it's definitely interesting that we've seen multiple two clocks now at this point missing sixes. Yeah. And then when Dottie cuts her hand, her blood is red mm -hmm. in the black and white episode, which could again be, I mean, the Hydra pin is, is the, you know, the octopus head or whatever with the blood spattered on it. So that could be a Hydra reference or the red could be Mephisto or it could be that they're potentially working together. So we will have to see about that. Mm -hmm. We get to episode three and I had this in the notes earlier and Jenny made me wait. The stork is Mephisto. I don't care what anybody says. As soon as the stork started walking around, I was like Mephisto. Then Wanda tried to use her magic on it and the stork was like, <laughs> nah, you tried it. <laughs> yeah, get fucked. Then Wanda tried to use the magic again. It was like, nope, you tried it. <laughs> I really, truly do think that is Mephisto. The red puff of smoke when Wanda does try to send it away, I think is another dead giveaway. And then the stork also only really appears when Wanda's pregnancy is further along. And if we've got anything with Mephisto, potentially a piece of his soul being used to make the kids or him wanting to get access to the soul stone or he's just after super-powered souls in general, I definitely think that, that we've got some strong indicators that Mephisto is here, and I think we'll continue to get those throughout the future episodes, so I think Mephisto Watch is something that we'll probably keep around. I know for the first like two episodes, I was like, yeah, nah, Mephisto, he's not going to be here. And me and Jenny, when we were talking about pre-recording stuff and even before the show came out, I was very staunchly, no, Mephisto, he's not going to be here. But at this point now, I'm like, <laughs> isn't it kind of obvious Mephisto's going to show up? So, <laughs> yeah. I have flip-flopped, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you win. Y'all got me. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> That's kind of our ideas on the villains, I really do think that we'll see some villain teams. I think we'll see a lot of villain teams throughout the Disney Plus shows. And I really do think that in WandaVision specifically, in addition to some potential vil villain teams, I think we're going to see Grim Reaper, Nightmare, and Mephisto. I don't think we have to choose which one is going to show up. I think that all three are going to play some part in the plot of this show. Another note, outside of villains, but affiliated with a character that we've identified a villain, Dottie. I didn't know that her last name was Jones until this week. And her husband's name is Phil, who I kept thinking was Norm. So I'm having trouble. But Phil Jones in the comics is married to Arcana Jones, who looks a little bit like Dottie, the same blonde hairstyle, and who has powers in that hex magic realm and a storyline similar to Wanda's with a pregnancy, trying to conceal it, things like that. So that threw me off a little bit. I still am leaning more towards Dottie being on one of the villainous teams, whether it be Hydra or Mephisto or something else, but we have had thoughts that she could be Clea. We've had thoughts that yep. now I think that she could potentially potentially be Arcana, but it may just be a fun little shout out to Arcana yep. too. 
I think it could be that, but I definitely think that there's enough evidence that Dottie is involved in something, be it she's sorceress or a high or a, a member of Hydra. I definitely think that hot that that Dottie's got something funky going on. Now we were gonna talk a little bit about just Westview and the reality. Um, I mean, we obviously got our first look outside of sitcom. I mean, I guess we technically saw outside of it in the first episode, but it was just somebody in sword watching. The reality, this is the first time that we've actually been outside of it for like any extended period of time, even though it was, what, the last two minutes of the episode? Not even. The way that they've got stuff set up outside of the reality, it looks like they're prepared to go to war or that sword was potentially trying to experiment and things may have gotten out of hand. Right, because that sign was super weird with all the seals and stuff. It made me think about Nuketown a little bit or things like that that the U.S. has done. So it felt very Mm -hmm. much like an experimental site to me. Yep. So no wonder Sword was on it like a hot tamale. Yeah. And so, I mean, we really could just see Sword being in in cleanup containment mode. It's not a thing. I'll just say on it and cut it, but what the fuck? (laughs) I'm like, that... It's that's the opposite of what you're trying to say, you fucking idiot. God damn. <laughs> oh. Oof. Fuck. Where were we? Yep, no, I got it. So I mean I could really see sword could I mean it's the uh sentient weapon organization response and Whatever, whatever, the fuck it's sentient called. weapons. Yeah. That's the key there. <laughs> That's the key thing. Yeah. Yes. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to make more. We've seen how, and I'm not saying that Nick Fury is necessarily in charge of Sword, but we've seen how Shield and Nick Fury have operated with the Helicarriers and Winter Soldier. They're always trying to preempt things. That was one thing that Tony tried to make a point of why he wanted Ultron was to protect the world from a threat like Thanos. So now that we know Thanos and things like that are out there, of course, the world is going to try and do something to protect itself. So I wouldn't be surprised if Sword is trying to make more superpower people. That sounds like some shit Sword or S.H.I.E.L.D. would do. Right, because it feels like something maybe, now that we've seen this, it feels like something Wanda could have agreed to that's gone haywire. Some villain slipped in or several villains and teams slipped in to this experiment that now I'm thinking feels more and more like dream related, especially with the Sleepy Jean song. I could definitely see that. Nightmare, all these characters, all these villains feel like they could potentially have the power to be fucking with people through some sort of reality like that. Yep. My only rebuttal and objection to that is just the fact that we've seen the the dividing wall of the reality. It does seem like there's some sort of bubble there and that it, but also how does time move in sitcom reality versus the regular world? How much we talked a bit a little bit earlier in the episode about time within the sitcom reality and how it was likely Tuesday at this point. Mm-hmm. How much time has passed in the real world? Like when you watch an episode, when a sword agent watches an episode of WandaVision, how long are they actually watching that for? Right. What else happens besides just the 30 minutes that we see? That's so. another key thing I was thinking about with your discussion of all the Infinity Stones too. And then I was thinking maybe Sword would be trying to work with Wanda to reconstitute them, Constitute whether those. it's to fix the holes in that multiverse, yep. multiverse Bifrost or for whatever reason, because the Earth is not supposed to be able to, 
or the universe rather isn't supposed to be able to operate correctly without them. Although if they exist in atoms, maybe that's why things are still like tenuous. That's that's what I definitely think that's the case. You've drawn a whole lot of cosmic and interdimensional attention with three different snaps at this point, or excuse me, four different snaps at this point, and the amount of energy that releases. There's definitely some interdimensional cosmic type beings that are paying attention to Earth now. Mm -hmm. And if S.W.O.R.D. found out, you know, about that, which I'm sure that at this point they know because I'm sure that they debriefed the Avengers after the events of Endgame. And if they know that Wanda could destroy a stone, it would make a whole lot of sense that Wanda could create a stone. So I can definitely see a scenario where S.W.O.R.D. is working with Wanda to try to reconstitute the Infinity Stone so that the universe, not even just Earth, but the universe can protect itself appropriately. Yeah. And now everything's gone to shit for whatever reason. In an effort to do that, you know, something bad happened and because... showing up. Yep. Yep. Just left and right. Right. So, yes, I, I re- and I think that now building the reality is obviously that's got to take a, a consistent energy source to keep some kind of reality like that. So it's just like a beacon that's being sent out into the universe like, hey, we doing crazy cosmic shit. Come pull up. So I definitely can see S.W.O.R.D. being involved in, in something like that. It's not even like any kind of stretch of the imagination to imagine that S.W.O.R.D. was trying to do something good and it went haywire a la the, the helicarriers in Winter Soldier. Like, yeah, you're trying to protect people, but also Hydra hijacked them and was going to kill like 20 million people in a matter of minutes. So, yeah, I think you have a couple more thoughts down here. You had you had the most thoughts about the, the reality. Yeah. So this this one was I already started to mention it a little bit more, but this is really key to me now. The dream piece. I'm not exactly sure how it works. I don't know if it would be somebody infiltrated and put everybody in this bubble experiment, whatever, to sleep. Who knows? But it seems to me that people in this reality are experiencing things that they're thinking or talking about, whatever's on the forefront of their mind, or like the subconscious is manifesting in the physical world, like in a dream, like I said, or maybe perhaps in a nightmare. I had a similar idea with that kind of with some of the, in the first episode with Mr. Hart, potentially choking in like the real world. So I really see where you're, where you're going with this and and this is more on like a subconscious kind of astral plane level than like a physical level yeah and in this episode in particular it became super apparent to me we're dealing with the fruit we talked about it several times throughout the synopsis the doc mentions it in the first scene then we see the papaya with vision running over when the bowl of fruit gets knocked over eating fruit painting in the nursery cutting the pineapple using the fruit bowl to hide the belly and then monica is there on behalf of sword she's wearing a sword necklace she has fish on her pants and she mentions her boss mr haddocks which obviously is a haddock is a fish and that's her fake boss also so she had the story made up but her lies are popping out through her subconscious physically oh basically okay we also saw this in episode two and it happened a lot with monica in that episode also so it starts when agnes says stick him up in the first scene vision says that he was playing horseshoes we see bev as a horse in the talent show and monica keeps using giddy up references cowboy references it seems to me like there are themes that stay i don't know if in the first episode maybe spinning was something because Mm -hmm. or obviously we saw something manifest from the subconscious in the date with the heart mr hart Mm. when Mrs. Hart said my head spinning. I kept thinking that it was a little bit after all of the things were spinning in the kitchen, but that might be a stretch. I can't be sure. I didn't go back and watch it again after I had the thought, so could be extrapolating, but definitely noticed it in the second episode, super heavy in the third episode. So yeah, it feels like it makes sense to me 
some sort something dreamlike with the trance that people seem to fall into in this town. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see and more we're of seeing the it trance too with Agnes's cameo pin yep. that I think has a Grim Reaper reference and the colors on her bike. But that's why I'm again getting suspicious of Wanda because the colors are in the house and she's picking the colors and things like that. She was wearing mm. a bunch of colors on her clothes. I don't know. Interesting. Damn, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch especially the third one and pay attention to even and it should even the what does Geraldine Monica wear in the second episode? I didn't really pay attention because it's in black and white, but I wonder if she's got any kind of like horse or cowboy references on her clothes. Right. Maybe a below tie or something. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I like the way your mind worked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If people are in a trance, I really do think that gives a whole lot of credence to Nightmare showing up. Mm-hmm. I definitely think the next episode... That scene we saw in the trailer where they're trick-or-treating and Vision sees the woman hanging up laundry. I think we're going to start to see more regular people in reality that were in Westview. And whatever happened there to cause the reality, those people are like stuck and in stasis. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if Nightmare is tormenting them or doing something to them or if he inhabits one of them. Right. But He's yeah, I, I off of all the misery like a Dementor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to be right. Nice Harry Potter slide in there. I like you know, that. I like you know, that. I'm always Go trying ahead. to make the connections. Ooh, 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 ooh. All, my, all my fantasies. That's weird. I meant all my <laughs> fantasy fandoms. Oh, <laughs> I need another nice. edible. So you trying to do the mentors now? Mm, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> this brought me the. The, seeing the wall of the reality uh, kind of gave me some Truman Show uh, vibes. Totally. And I am I really think that we'll see Wander or Vision approach the edge of that reality at some point. Uh, I think ep- next episode might be a little bit too early, but I also do think that next episode is the one that Vision flies up in the air. And if he flies high enough, I mean, is there is the reality a complete right, is there dome? a boundary? Yes. And so I do think that we're going to have a moment where they... When did when did Truman Show release? Was that in the 90s? I think so. Or was it the early 2000s? I don't what know. If it happens, what if it happens in the 90s episode? Oh, my God. What? That's crazy. Yeah. Ooh, good yeah. call. I like that. Yeah. That was, see, oh, that was one of those ones where I just thought of that off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, that was good. I like that a lot. Ooh. I'm down. I'm down with it. And I, I think it would make sense that Vision would find it because mm-hmm. he seems to be the one. He seems yep. to be the prime one that needs to be kept in the dark. We thought it was the neighbors, but now I'm thinking it's more vision than anybody else. So I'm curious to see that unfold. Yeah. So, so I, and I really think that we will get some of that next episode. Cause I think that that's going to be the trick or treating episode. And in the, in the trailer, we see that's when Agnes is like, Oh, are you one of the Avengers? Right. Cause it's strange that nobody would have said anything about like, Oh, vision, you're, that you have the same name as Vision the Avenger until he's yeah. dressed for Halloween. It's yeah. very confusing. Anyway, we're getting ahead because we haven't seen it yet, but I'm very excited about it. <laughs> I, I definitely think that's either next episode or episode five. I have mentioned this before. I think I've talked about this. I know I've talked about this on Twitter about Ultron returning just in general. Yeah. Um, I definitely thought it was going to happen like further down. In, in phase four. Yeah. Um, I was hoping for him to potentially end up showing up in Ant-Man 3. He's got some Hank Pym ties in the comics. It would be cool to see the young Avengers have to come to, together to defeat a villain that the Avengers defeated. Also built by an Avenger, technically. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We're going to do Kang the Conqueror in that, which, uh, okay, that's super cool too. Sick. I do not have any problem with that. This, this episode gave me a lot of, a lot of Ultron vibes, uh-huh. just anyways, talking about Pietro. I mean, Ultron obviously himself was referenced. Like I said, I really think the commercial was referencing a lot of the events from Age of Ultron. And then when I got to the end of the episode, it's recommending Ultron to everyone, apparently. Yeah. Now, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, until I saw your note Mm -hmm. about the cast, I was going to say I have no problem with Ultron coming back. I just didn't know where room would be for it Mm -hmm. here. If we're talking about all the other pieces of the puzzle we're thinking about, but we don't know anything yet. So who the fuck knows? And I mean, that's the thing I is. I can't wrap is, my head around it yet. That's all. He could, he could show up just in the reality. Yeah. Um, as a manifestation of trauma for Wanda. True. Um, it also could be that. So this is one of the things in the comics is Vision, or excuse me, not Vision, Ultron dies and comes back all the time because he's technically a program. So in this, like in the MCU, like sure, Vision burned him out of the internet, but Ultron is known for redundancies. I think it's illogical to think that Ultron didn't save at least one version of himself off of the internet. Sure. Um, And now has realized that Vision is probably dead because I'm sure that Vision scanned the internet periodically to make sure Ultron wasn't around. But Vision died and there at least was a gap of time where he wasn't checking the internet. So Ultron may have started himself back up and began moving about and making plans. It just with with everything that happened. And then I went and I looked up some some stuff to see if Ultron was listed on every anything. If you just search on Google for the cast of WandaVision... James Spader is on there to voice Ultron, but I don't know where that is actually sourced from because I checked IMDb and Wikipedia as well, and he's not on any of those. Mm. I definitely do think that he's going to at least make an appearance, even if it's just even even if it's just James Spader's voice and it's a manifestation of trauma. But I do yeah. think there's a good chance that we see Ultron at least in the reality. And I would not be surprised if this is at least laying the seeds for him to come back in the future. Sure. Yeah. I'm not opposed to that. So, yeah, I I definitely think that's something that we're going to see happen. And and kind of speaking of what WandaVision may have connections to with some of the other shows, we had some people in Discord ask that question because right now it seems to be like very self-contained to obviously just Wanda and Vision as the name (laughs) tells us. Um, Anybody who's talked to you would know otherwise. (laughs) So here we go. There was a point, obviously, when the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to come out before WandaVision. And there's apparently there was at least before the pandemic happened in real life. There was a bit of a pandemic storyline in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And it was thought that this virus plotline was going to show up in WandaVision, too. So where I've talked about the... The townspeople of Westview, there's a good chance that some of those people would have been infected. There was a definite connection between the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. And now that WandaVision is coming first, I'm curious if they've completely excised that or if we'll see it first in WandaVision and then they'll pick up that thread in Falcon and the Winter Soldier or if they've changed some things and some stuff that happens in WandaVision in actual reality ends up impacting the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Another rumor that I've heard recently is that Mephisto is going to show up in Loki. This would actually make a whole lot of sense just if we talk about parallels between Loki and Mephisto, the god of mischief 
a demon that causes chaos and runs amok in the human world. Mephisto is an interdimensional being. Loki is going to mess with multiple timelines. I'm sure we're going to do some interdimensional stuff in that too. I also, just as a side note, wouldn't be surprised if we see some other beings like Dormammu and if Nightmare doesn't show up in WandaVision, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that in Loki. Sure. And then I think there's probably a whole bunch of potential crossover for what if in WandaVision. Like I said before, I think that Wanda probably has the potential to end up tapping at a minimum just the Bifrost, but there's potential she may have access to something akin to a multiverse Bifrost. And if she does that, there are all kind of avenues that we can see come come to fruition from that. Because what if is literally going to be a show that's like, well, what if this one thing was different and how does that play out in what would be that version of the MCU at point. That's so fun. So two of the episodes I know that we're getting, and I, I don't know if these two like plots are like multiple episodes, and this will make up the first season of What If, because I know What If is one of the shows that was guaranteed to get multiple seasons prior to us finding out recently that a handful of the shows are going to end up getting second seasons. But yeah, if if Wanda does open up the multiverse, there are all kind of things that we could see spin off of that that we could see happen in What If, or we could see the What If universe, some of those potential characters actually end up showing up in the live action MC universe if, if Wanda does create this multiverse by Frost. So I think right now, those are probably the biggest connections we've got with WandaVision. Uh, oh, and and excuse me, I, I obviously left off the the... Two most obvious ones. I think that Elizabeth Olsen is going to show up in Spider-Man 3, even if it's just a cameo. And then she is obviously 100% in Multiverse of Madness. Whether or not she's in an anti-hero villain kind of role or completely back on the side of good with Doctor Strange is yet to be seen. Yo, but I think that uh that about wraps us up this week for the history of the MCU. I hope y'all had fun with us. Can't wait to, to chop it up again next week. With this new episode that is apparently going to blow our minds. We'll have to have more edibles ready. (laughs) It's going to be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. But thank you all for listening. I hope we see you again next week. Yeah, thank you. I hope everyone has a great week. Stay safe out there. (laughs) Bye. Bye. We sincerely thank everyone for joining us. You can expect a new episode every Saturday or Sunday that covers the newest episode of WandaVision and this schedule will continue for all of the subsequent Disney plus MCU shows and possibly even some Mandalorian related Star Wars content. We do plan on doing character deep dives and review breakdowns of each movie from the Infinity Saga. We currently don't have a schedule for those releases but we will definitely keep y'all informed. The best way for y'all to keep up with us is to follow us over on Twitter at History of the MCU. You can find me personally at lord underscore anarchy you can find me on twitter at bloody baroness on instagram at 280 bpm finger blast that is not a joke and we have a new discord server uh but i'm having some issues with those links expiring so if you'd like to come and join our little community that we're building shoot me a dm on either of the twitter accounts and i will send you the invite link Also, be sure to check out our website, historyofthemcu.com, as we will begin featuring new content on there weekly. And one of these days, I may even get around to posting the detailed breakdowns of all of the Iron Man armors. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, and we'll talk to you again next week. 
Special thanks to Girls Gone Canon, Not a Cast, Murphy's Multiverse, and Joe of Lich King for helping us get this done and get it out to you 